morning, you know everyone. That? Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. We would love to have your questions. At, call us at 692-1430. Um, we'll have a variety of things to talk about. Um, let's start with the show this week, Rick. It's urology. We're going to talk about men's issues. You know, we can talk about kidney stones, but we can also talk about prostate and obstruction of the urine flow and prostate cancer, and we can talk about testosterone and all of the issues that are related. But we need your phone calls at 692-1430. So please, what's on your mind? We'll take those questions about men's issues, and we'll take any questions, actually. So that's... That's that. Great. We're heading into the fall. We've got kids back to school. I think about the all of our young athletes who are busy practicing. We want to remind them to keep their fluid intake up. Some of these days are super hot when they're practicing. Band members, they're out practicing, marching. Uh, so that's something to think about is is. Uh, preventative health make sure you're you're taking care of yourself we also are all back together again in school so the hand washing the preventative cover uh, your cough your cough i'm starting to see a lot of illnesses at the clinic related to just probably upper respiratory type infections Uh, so let's remember that folks uh, to remind your students your children grandchildren to uh, be careful as they head back to school. This is a huge season uh, for the rhinovirus, you know, the runny nose, the, the sniffly, uh, snuffy uh, things. And so you uh, uh, know that there, the, uh, there could be a virus, but it could also be a, uh, an actual uh, allergy because this is the season of the uh, ragweed. And uh, also, this is a time of year where, um, you know, their temperature's changing and people's noses crack and all sorts of things happen. So that's, I, you know, who knows why it's the time that everybody gets the same virus, except maybe it's that they're all just coming together, you know. That's the most likely. Tell us real quickly, how can people uh, dis- differentiate that allergy-related running stuffy nose versus the common cold? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, how do you know it's a cold versus how do you know it's an allergy? The, the most uh, common sign that it's an allergy is this itchy, scratchy red eyes that goes with it. Uh, and uh, the most common uh, thing to make you think it's a viral infection is that the first day or two you feel kind of dragged out and achy all over and you may even have a fever uh, and then your nose is running and plugged and then uh, starting the day two all the way out to day 14 or 15 or 21 uh, you can have a hacky cough so the but the nasal drainage is the common denominator and uh, uh, when when the nasal drainage lasts more than more than uh, 21 days, you can count on it being an allergy. And that's kind of tough when the person's in the midst of it to know. But I do think the the itchy eye is one of the factors. Uh, and generally, with the allergy, you're going to have that stuffed up head, but maybe the rest of your body is going to feel okay. Right. Whereas you know, uh, people who get a virus, they feel sicky. You know, they don't feel well. And uh, 
and you can look at their eyes when they come into the room and there's it's sagging their spirit is sad <laughs> and they don't feel well you know that's just how that is that first few days they may even have a fever that is not a reason for an antibiotic a fever that first day or two of a cold don't even think about an antibiotic don't mess your normal flora up don't don't um, realize the value of the microbiota the microbiome and so uh, avoid antibiotics if you can on the third fourth fifth day you come you know you the thing started you're getting a little bit better and then suddenly you come down with a, a chill fever get to the hospital or get to the clinic there it is Let's take our first break, and then we'll be right back with Prairie Doc Radio. Call us with your questions at 692. Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. I didn't do much of an introduction, and for those of you who might be tuning in or be new to our show, we have Dr. Rick Holm in the office. He is an internist, so has knowledge to answer a variety of questions. If you'd like to uh, give us a call, we'd be happy to help you with uh, a medical question. Yeah, and we also have in the studio uh, Joni Holm, who is a certified nurse practitioner in pediatrics and who's been practicing some odd 30 years of some kind and, um, and is, uh, is one of these kid lovers, you know. Why don't you ask me about hand, foot, and mouth disease, so Dr. What, Holm? So, well, Joni, tell us about hand, foot, and mouth disease, would you please? It is going around like crazy in Brookings. Oh, wow. Well, what the heck is it? I mean, I thought that was a disease that animals had, you know? It's, no. This is a... Hoof and mouth, hoof and mouth no, disease. No, no. This is a virus, and it's, um, it's not terribly... doesn't make kids terribly sick, but it makes them uncomfortable. It's a Coxsackie virus? Coxsackie virus. Mm-hmm. And so what you're going to see with this usually is that kids are going to have a fever, 100, maybe even up to 101, for a couple of days. You don't really know what's wrong. And then about the time you get to worrying about that fever, a rash develops. On the hands? Well, on ev- the feet. it can be everywhere, but the way that the way we can diagnose it easily is to look at the hands and feet because it's one of the very few rashes that are on the s- the palms and the soles of the feet. And it looks like small blisters, but they never really form a full blister head. So they're, they look like they're going to blister. But I've little seen it. Little spots then. Little scattered. spots. I've seen them on all over. I've seen them in the diaper area. I've seen them on the trunk. Um, and, and when you see them. In the mouth? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll get to that in a minute. But okay. when you see the ones on the body, you're not sure what they are. But if you see them on the hands and the feet, then you've got your answer. But and, you, but meningitis will give you rash on your hands and feet sometimes, doesn't it? That's super rare. We have an immunization against it, and the kids would be very sick. These kids are not very sick. Okay. Okay, so that's a point, but let's not scare people. It's, okay. it's not uh, meningitis. I, we Some of our doctors have been practicing have never seen a case. Now, that was something I saw way back in my early days, but... It's uh, extremely rare now. Very gl- very gladly uh, happy to announce that it's very rare. Very rare. It's such a bad Hand, foot, and mouth is people. common and is not going to hurt your child in the long run. The lesions in the mouth look like canker sores. 
Uh, so they hurt. And they can be on the gums inside the lip, but they can be on the tongue and they can be way back in the posterior part of the throat. So if you have a, a cranky child who's not wanting to eat, you might want to look in the mouth and then lo and behold, you'll notice these little lesions on the hands and feet as well. Now here's the key. It's a virus. It's going to go away on its own. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do about it, and there's not a whole lot of reason to bring your child in for this unless you have real concerns about dehydration and how sick they're acting. Usually, they don't act very sick. They they might refuse some solid foods. They might prefer liquids. Excuse me. Uh, But, you know, keep the liquids going and give it time. What age? does it happen seems to be the the um well it can be any age but six months in toddlers it seems seems to be the main age now of course it depends on where they're getting it and right now some of our child care facilities have them so anybody in that vicinity is at risk any Parents, reason to keep your kid from school or daycare yes or kindergarten? they have to uh, the schools are preventing them the daycares are saying don't come back that's the really tough part it is contagious how um, contagious? Pretty darn contagious. And the problem is, and that parents don't like to hear, is that we're talking probably a good five to seven days. Yeah. So, so you're home. you're out. Take a vacation, take mm-hmm. your child to the lake and put and your feet up. And like I said, the good part is the kids are not very sick with it, but it's just that they're going to pass it on to that next yeah. child. And so go, go our on daycare a road providers are Take your kid with you and, and have some fun, Some take a vaca- mini vacation that you're required. I often hear uh, the question, is it contagious to parents? And yes, it is, but most of the time they have immunity. Wouldn't you say, I mean, you don't see it in the adult population. I, I remember have having, rarely seen it. I, have, I remember having a terrible uh, uh, breakout of, of aphthous uh, stomatitis, which I wonder is really the manifestation in an adult of of uh, this Coxsackie virus. Mm-hmm. I've had a number of people who had pericarditis from Coxsackie virus. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, uh, one good friend had to develop the worst pain when she took a deep breath. Uh, and uh, when you listen to her heart, there was a little bit of a rub and the echo showed that the, there was some fluid surrounding the heart that's unusual. And it, and, uh, it, it took her down pretty you know she was in the hospital for three four days because it hurt so bad probably not related to this hand foot and mouth although well, not 100 percent way to, to know uh, but the main the take-home message is wash hands well and uh, just keep your child home if you see these spots okay milk-based diets are good because uh, they're very neutral in the mouth and so the kid's regular diet is a, is a good one for oh, them oh a kid's regular diet so well, a child who's on a milk-based diet, that they do well. Because I always say, oh. you know, milk, yogurt, ice cream. Well, that's that sounds that's pretty, good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like that kind of a thing. Should we take another break before we move on to men's yeah. health? We'll do that. Call us at 692-1430. Thank you for joining us for Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm. I'm filling in for Joan Hogan. We have Rick Holm in studio. And let's talk a little bit about our subject coming up on uh, Thursday night, 7 but, o'clock. Public. But we should take Bob's question first. Bob, somebody at church 
asked you to ask. Yeah, it was a kind of secondhand question. They were they had read an article. Now I know that probiotics have been recommended, and they have a lot of really great medical benefits. But now research, kind of contradictory, says your stomach acid destroys any benefits they have, and it has to be encapsulated to make it through your stomach, so it's in your intestines, so it can be absorbed. Your thoughts on that? We don't know really where we're at with uh, the probiotics. Uh, there was an article uh, uh, where Activia that sell, sold their product did a study. It was not a huge study, uh, it, but it was reported at, at one of my internal medicine meetings in three different places because they saw this article. They thought it was a good idea, and the probiotic said that if you were on an antibiotic uh, and you were taking the Activia and you're taking like two things four times a day. I mean, there's a lot of, that's a lot of yogurt. Uh, that that particular yogurt would protect you, you know, it reduced the incidence of problems associated with the antibiotics, such as overgrowth infections and diarrhea and so on, by, you know, a half, uh, 50%, something like that. And uh, so everybody kind of jumped on board. So, but the, what is probiotics? It's different kinds of yeast and you know acidophilus and a variety of different things you go look at probiotic aisle um, at the drugstore at the grocery store you'll find a variety of different versions of it and i've been following the literature on that and the answer is they really don't know for sure i think what the person stated is probably correct uh, it's sort of like trying to get uh, something into your system but your body protects the protects uh, the GI tract from uh, live infections and um, that's what it is it's a it's a it's a yeast kind of like thing so the answer I'm saying is she's probably right but there's some soft data to say that uh, maybe it doesn't matter that it's so acid there and the other comment is a lot of us don't have any acid in our stomach because we're taking a meprazole or or uh, Nexium or one of the stomach acid blockers. The, th uh, the other thing to say is, um, I, th I think uh, a lot of what we can tell you about probiotics is to come. There's going to be more research on it. There's going to be more knowledge coming, and we're sort of in a, a slurry of disinformation on it yet. Um, don't buy the expensive ones. Uh, is what I'm I'm generally saying. You can get over the counter. Uh, acidophilus probiotic and I think that's what I would use I, I like it for people who have recurring problems with vaginitis recurring problems with diarrhea after antibiotics uh, those kinds of things so it goes kind of back to if you can avoid the antibiotics there it is yeah <laughs> I had a parent uh, yesterday I was so proud of her uh, child came in fussy um, we looked him over and surprisingly had bilateral or both-sided ear infection but the child was still sleeping okay just just irritable and mom said no let's not use an antibiotic let's just wait it out I'm like okay I can call one in and you can pick it up if you want no I think I think we're just gonna let him fight that good for her yeah and they ear infections will go away it's that discomfort that makes it hard on the child and the parents and this child really wasn't that uncomfortable so well, I, you know, I just uh, wrote an essay for a show we will be doing next week, recording next week for December. Uh, we're going to go to the hills, and so we're going to record four television shows. 
for the December area. And one of the uh, specialists that we'll be interviewing is, is Dr. Mike Keegan, who is an infectious disease specialist in the hills. And his strength has been to show how uh, problems with C. difficile and resistant organisms of all kinds uh, occur when we're using, in particular, the, the um, one particular type of antibiotic, Cipro, all of the floxins, uh, you know, that uh, the levoquins, the ciprofloxacin, uh, those kinds of things. And uh, that, that part of the problem of all this resistance really cropped up when we started using so much Cipro. Everybody's prescribing Cipro for this and that. It's too powerful. It should be a backup drug. It should be used. Levoquin and Cipro should be only in the very sick. So along comes um, this issue of uh, why we should avoid it. And really, it all stems from the study of the microbiome. Uh, that we have as many cells living on our skin, in our eyes, in our nose, and in our mouth, and, uh, and through the GI tract, as well as even in some organisms, in, in some organs of our bodies. Um, that, that we live with this, in this pool, uh, sort of like swimming in a lake. Our, we are alive with organisms, and if we didn't have those organisms growing on us, uh, we would die. Quickly, we'd bleed to death. Um, we would do. Uh, we would have um, a GI tract that would be uncontrollable. Uh, so we need to leave our natural defenses alone as much as possible. You know, and everybody goes pig pen. You know, the little cartoon and in, in, um, Snoopy and and uh, those kinds of things. Pig pen, this dirty thing, little guy who's you know you can just see all of the bugs kind of flopping off of him. Um, he's probably weller than the rest. Uh, and that many of our illnesses that we are seeing nowadays are related to uh, too much hygiene. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm writing now uh, on an essay on scleroderma and one of the autoimmune diseases. And if you think about the diseases that we have where our body turns against our own cells, what are they? A perfect example of them is thyroid. Uh, uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is really a very common illness. People develop hypothyroid, low thyroid, and it's, you know, it's everywhere. 10% of the population has low thyroid. Diabetes is an di autoimmune disease related to your immune system turning against your own pancreas and be beta cells that make insulin. So um, we like our... our um, we like our microbiome, and antibiotics are hard on it. Okay, well, that's a good message for our listeners. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. Uh, we'll take one question before we go to our last break. This uh, caller has asked about gout. What is it? How do you treat it? Okay, gout is not an autoimmune disease. It's probably more than anything an inherited uh problem where you don't you kind of lose the enzyme that breaks down uh, uric acid uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that breaks down uh, nucleic uh, nuclear you know the DNA and RNA of our body that those central parts of our body that little part of our cells uh, they turn into uh, as they are broken down as we are replacing ourselves all the time uh, you get uric acid uh, from them. Uh, and 
if you don't have the enzyme that breaks the uric acid down, then you end up with buildup of uric acid. Uh, and fluctuation of the uric acid levels will sometimes bring the crystal uh, form of uric acid out into the joint. Uh, and a person who has a classic uh, attack of gout will be a person who has a sudden onset of severe pain in the big toe, at the base of the big toe, or in the knee, or one of the joints of some kind. Uh, at least recurring ep episodes of these uric acid crystals forming in a joint are um, uh, in the big toe. If you have recurring episodes, at least sometime during your life it happens in the big toe because it's the most traumatized joint in our body because people stub their toe. And so that sort of art early arthritis brings these crystals to that joint and that's why they have it in the big toe. Why is it more common in men than women? You know, it might have to do with that uh, genetic uh, uh, process. Maybe it has to do with uh, the, the rapid turnover in the, of the muscles because there's more muscles and maybe it's breakdown of the muscle uh, protein and the, and the, um, the nucleic, uh, nucleic acid breakdown. Bob, you had a question. If you're prone to gout, are you also prone then to developing kidney stones? Well, that's a good question. And the answer is that most kidney stones uh, have a nidus, a seed that causes it to start and to grow. And many times that nidus might be a uric acid crystal, and then calcium goes around it, and then you develop a calcium stone. And the stone, if you go to the center of it, is that nice little uric acid crystal. So um, people who have gout certainly have a risk of stones of the kidney and can have kidney trouble as a result of it. There's a lot of interesting things about gout, though, that are, that are really fun to think about. One of them is that if you reduce the uric acid level really quickly with allopurinol, for example, sometimes that change brings on the crystal formation. So Treating it aggressively with something to drop the uric acid level will sometimes make gout worse. So you really have to cover the gout inflammation first, sometimes with colchicine, an old drug that used to be dirt cheap and now is... Expensive again. Expensive again because dirty, rotten pharmaceutical industry. And the, I'm sorry, that was a political comment. Because somebody could make it expensive because they proved that it worked. Ha! We knew it worked. They proved that it worked, and therefore the FDA allowed it. I think we need to talk to the FDA. So That's another story. it takes some finesse. But that takes some finesse. It. And then, the, you know, you've got to um, – the other side of it is there are other reasons why some people get it. Uh, sometimes it's because of lead poisoning. Uh, that and would be fact, very rare. Well, it used to be uh, very common because well, people right. Many put – decades a, ago. Well, because they – Centuries ago. Centuries ago, because the lead lining in the wine bottles and in the special sauces of kings would, uh, would poison, lead poison the rich people and the kings. And that's why they go, king, it's a disease of the kings. Uh, Nero was apparently uh, severely lead poisoned. Part of the thing that happens with lead poisoning is it affects your mentation. And, you know, he, Nero didn't play the fiddle. They said he was fiddling of the brain. He was, a, he was goofball because he was uh, lead poisoned. 
Um, and Which is a sad commentary for all of our children in We worry about Michigan. that in Michigan. I mean, you know, lead poisoning is, is still around. We've got to watch for it. Yeah, so that's the story of gout. There's a lot more about it, more can, more to go. For a wedding present, we got lead crystal. You'd think we probably should lay off using that. Well, that's <laughs> that would an, explain a lot. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's why you've been fiddling so much, Bob. <laughs> that's, right. that's it, that's yeah. it, the fiddling. Let's take our final break, and then we'll, we'll finish up with some men's health issues. Right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm. Now there is a man. Joan Hogan. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean and our, our medical guest is Dr. Rick Holm. Meningitis is an important problem in the fall because people come together in the dorms and there's a meningitis shot that you can give a vaccine to prevent meningitis risk to the college youth. We strongly recommend that. Many colleges require it. If, it, if your college doesn't, it's still certainly recommended that you your youth gets the meningitis vaccine. Yeah. Okay, uh, to finish up, we have a show on men's health this week at uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock on South Dakota Public TV. Yeah. And uh, what kind of things do you think you'll cover in men's health, and why should people tune in to this? Well, I, you know, we would like people to tune in to, uh, because if you're a woman, uh, there are men in your life. And men, there's the a caregivers. study. <laughs> they what? We're the caregivers. That's it. Well, men with testosterone, they did a study where they put half them, they had normal men, and they put half of them on testosterone extra, right? And for a short period of time. And then they did these studies before and during and then after. And the time when people were getting extra testosterone, they become, became overconfident. They wouldn't correct their mistakes. They wouldn't look at what they did wrong. Uh, they wouldn't look back at it. It's sort of like, why do men not want to ask directions? And it has to do with, really, testosterone. Uh, behavior is influenced by hormones. And so, I mean, we want to say that men and women should all be treated equal. And people need to have the opportunity, all of us, for equal pay for an equal job. But at the same time, I think we need to know that people, women are different than men, or men are different than women. And you can find that out if you tune in to, to tomorrow night. On Call with the Prairie Duck. Yeah. And uh, you'll learn all about it. And, of course, you can send your questions in there as well. And we'd like to remind you that you can go to the prairiedoc.org website and uh, see our entire library of information. Uh, right, the, our library. Archives and, uh, and the, the radio show as well. Right. Well, thank you for hosting, Joni. And thanks, Bob, for, for our major hosting. And stay healthy out there, people.